Welcome to the C3 Calgary podcast. We're so grateful that you're a part of our family and we'd love to invite you to one of our services. To find locations, times, and more information about our church, visit our website at myc3church.ca or find us on Instagram. Enjoy the message. Thanks so much. Thank you, worship team. I just heard this past week how our premier had been discouraged but the churches were complaining and uh, kind of hurt a little bit because we're meant to be those who are offering solutions and offering hope and not grumbling. <laughs> so let's be thankful that we've got, we, can, we can open and have 15% gathered, whatever percent. Just thankful that we can be open. And um, yeah, hey, maybe you noticed... Uh, People are going to incredible lengths to get into our church. <coughs> so a young man was looking for Jesus <coughs> on Thursday night and picked up a big block of cement and threw it through the window. And uh, thankfully, Constable O'Neill was present, apprehended the brother, <coughs> and we've got a... That's why the piece of plywood is out there. Um, listen, this is a kind of an unexpected expense for us. And so uh, if you're... Uh, interested in helping with the uh, building and the replacement of that and the heat loss at minus 33 and what have you. We'd appreciate a little extra to help replace that. Our deductible at our insurance is $10,000, so <coughs> excuse me, it doesn't make sense to claim it on insurance, but um, these little expenses uh, are, are um, extra for us, and so, so just uh, consider that, please, in your offering uh, today. <clears throat> um, right. Welcome everybody online. Glad you're here. Somebody asked me if I'm flogging these today. I'm not flogging them. I'm selling a little piece of advertisement here. We've got toques. Am I flogging them? Come on. Uh, $15, two for 25. They're right out there. You can be advertising and people say, what's that mean? They'll say, say come on out to our church. We can have, we can, we're gathering and worshiping. So C3YYC, that's there. And uh, we still have some Bibles out there for sale. And there's a couple other things um, that I want to mention to you today. The, um, I haven't quite done this before, but I was really taken by a message by Lisa Turkhurst, uh, Forgiving What You Can't Forget. I ordered a bunch of these, and they didn't show up, um, but they'll be coming. If you'd like to find one someplace else, this is actually one of the best books on forgiveness you'll ever read. And I'm taking a few points from it this morning. We do have her, the forgiveness journal that's out there. And... Um, and I honestly believe that this is one of the, let me, let me overpromise something, that if, we could, if you could figure out one skill to improve your relational life, it would be learning to forgive. Some of the last words that Jesus said, Lord, forgive them. They're not sure what they're doing. And uh, which is, seems to be pretty accurate for me. Uh, we often don't know what we're doing. Um, I woke up with a, I actually woke up with a shock on Thursday morning, and I don't know if the Lord was speaking to me or rebuking me or what, but I, uh, I woke up with this thought that it's possible um, that it's possible for us to mistake our relationship with the Lord with a relationship with our imagination. And we can, we can the, uh, Paul would call it vain, a vain imagination. 
where, and, and so what happens is because we can make up what God is like. And then we have a relationship with a God that we've created in our own imagination rather than the God of the Bible. Uh, that's a shocking thing for me. Probably why one of the commandments was you should have no other gods before you because it's very possible for us to create them. And um, I'm just, I'm curious about how this is going to work for us this month. But I, yesterday, or this week I went skating. Uh, no one else was on the rink. It was minus 20-something. Uh, and, and it was slippery, the, the ice. Thank you. Something happened. One, one skate went like this, and by, when you try to correct, and nobody was watching, um, well, and no angel caught me, and the, and the ice was unbelievably hard. And uh, I didn't crack my skull or anything like that, but I fell pretty hard, and uh, it didn't move when I hit it. The, um, it's interesting what happens, you know, when we try to actually uh, make the Scriptures bend to our preference rather than allow them to shape us. That's quite easy to do. And, and so I'm just thinking how I'm going to, how I was going to make uh, some opening comments about this, uh, this talk today. And, um, and I think that more than anything else, um, more than anyth anything else that shapes our beliefs is it's how we see. We prayed that at this morning too. And one of the reasons Jesus came was to restore our sight because what we perceive actually has a huge impact on what we believe. It was, there was, there's only two that got into the promised land because they saw God differently than the others. The others thought that we were just like grasshoppers in our sight, is what they said. And so I want to talk today about the interrelatedness of, of us and God and our neighbors and that sort of thing. But I first have to preface uh, that, that God is love <laughs> has to be the basis of us understanding Scripture, otherwise Scripture will not make sense. If you don't believe that God is love, the gospel many times will not quite work for us because we'll bring our own brokenness and our own experience in life or with other people to the scriptures and try to make them make sense without understanding the very essence of who God is and the communication of scriptures were based on love. If you don't see that what God was trying to do in the different scenarios was express his love, will think that he was angry or mean or something. Do you, do you get what I'm saying? We, we sometimes, I've even heard it said that the reason, and this is shown, I think, very clearly in creation, <clears throat> where, where somebody has said, well, God created man because uh, he needed them for relationship. That would make him selfish. So we can't come with a predisposed idea other than 
everything that God does and everything that he reveals is, the basis of it is love. Otherwise, we'll think, oh, he's trying to get even with them or something. It's easy for us to do. And this is why we can create God in our own image, which puts us at the center of the universe rather than him. And we therefore have diluted the gospel to a moment of when we were born again rather than of a decision and a lifetime of surrender to him as king of kings. We have to take ourselves off the throne of our lives. Otherwise, all the things that happen to us, it's all about us. And when I, when I, I want to try to address one of the things that will limit your life relationally more than anything, I think there's three things that will limit, limit us. One is the people that we don't forgive. That'll limit our, our, our quality of life. The, the second would be the offenses we don't release. And the third would be the judgments that we don't break. I know this because I've experienced this more than ever in the last two years. I found, I found it, why do I have to learn this again? The power of forgiveness and the impact that other people can have on me when I don't release them. It's powerful and it's dangerous. Lisa, when she went through a specific instance, it actually affected her so physically that her, when we say, you know, our stomach's tied in a knot, her stomach flipped and, and needed surgery because the impact of what someone else had done to her, and this is what can happen with you as well, you and I as well, it can turn into a physical disorder. David would say it's like, became like fire in his joints. It's like an arthritic condition because he wouldn't release and forgive. <clears throat> so God's love is the basis and the motivation of scripture, otherwise it won't make sense to us. And we won't be able to make it work. <laughs> Many times we won't. And it limits us emotionally as well. Forgiveness heals. And, uh, <clears throat> and uh, it lives, lets us live again. It frees us from the prison of relational pain. I think it's the number one skill to remove re relational pain is learning to forgive. Forgiveness leads to healing and freedom 100% of the time. I want you to take your Bibles and turn to uh, Matthew chapter uh, 22. And, uh, and I want to just share a passage of Scripture here that you all know. Um, Matthew chapter 22. It's Tuesday of Passover week, and some enemies, his enemies had come with loaded questions. There's four, four questions, uh, and uh, three of them his enemies used, and then he throws in one himself in, chap in chapter 22. Um, as we have said last month, as powerful as the seed is, so is the motivation behind the seed. Jesus often knew not what was said to him, but why they said it. He understood their intentions. He was able to discern their hearts and knew what they were saying. The first question in chapter 22 is a political question. The second one is a doctrinal question. And then this is an ethical question. And then Jesus uh, throws out one of his own. Um, the first question was in relation with the government, the next between life and death. 
And then the crowds, it says in verse 33, when the crowds heard him, they were impressed with his teaching. And then they asked him, uh, the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees with his reply. Uh, They thought up a fresh question of their own. They said one of them, an expert in the law, tried to trap him with his question, teacher, which is the most important commandment in the law of Moses? And Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart with all your soul and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second commandment is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the other commandments and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. He was was repeating the Shema, uh, Deuteronomy chapter 6. Let me just break this down a little bit for us. Why why is it important? Because it's relate month. That's why it's important. And each one of these relate to uh, each other. Uh, We're to love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, and mind. Why is that? Because that's the way he loves us. This is his love. And and it says that we're to love our neighbor as ourselves. Frankly, you're unable to love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and strength if you don't love your neighbor and if you don't love yourself. It's not narcissistic. And he, he, he breaks it down, and I think it's uh, pretty important for us um, how, that we know ourselves better than others know us. How others respond to me is a clue. What Jesus is saying is that there's the highest law in the land is the law of love. What, what that does is it makes others feel loved and makes others feel valued. I'm, why am I saying this? I'm prefacing what I'm going to talk about forgiveness. Okay. Uh, it's easy to offend or hurt someone when I'm careless in handling their, sen- their sense of worth. This would be not loving them with my heart and soul. Uh, how do you feel when you're loved? How do you feel? You feel special. Am I right? You feel worthwhile. You feel Jesus, uh, when he says lo- love people, let them feel valued. Let them feel important. Let them feel worthwhile. When we don't forgive people, we, de- we minimize them. So... Um, uh, one of the most loving things that we can do for another person is to forgive them totally from our heart. I can't love people and not forgive them. Um, so how do, I love, how do I love God with my heart and soul and strength? Forgive him. Oh, but we'd never blame him for anything. Oh, wouldn't you? Otherwise, we think we live like, it's easy to live like a victim. Our old nature wants to do that. Thinking that this is all being done to me. That has to be reversed. If I'm going to love God, I'm going to have to forgive God. I know that sounds strange. We love it that he forgives us. But what about if we're to forgive him as well? And what if we're supposed to get love by loving our neighbors? We forgive them. And I think the hardest one is learning to, by loving ourselves, is learning to forgive ourselves. Loving God and forgiving God is actually, I find, easier than it is letting myself off the hook. Ah, I should have known better. Forgive yourself. Go free. I'm talking about relational pain. Uh, it'll, unforgiveness, if we don't forgive God and we think he's doing something to us, it'll put a barrier between us and him. Okay. So... We must get this type of love that he's talking about because it's the way that God loves you. He loves us with all of his heart and soul and mind. How do I know he's got a heart and soul and mind? Because I have one. 
and I'm made in his image. Jesus, point number two, so I'm, 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 setting, I'm setting a framework here, is understanding that, that loving someone and being in relationship with someone involves not just other people, but it involves myself and, and involves God. That we live in, a, the, the kingdom of God is a relational paradigm. That's what I'm trying to say. Number two, Jesus would have had the highest emotional intelligence of any human being that ever walked on the earth. Um, and he hid, he, he hid the, some of this in some, one, one of the most profound principles that you'll ever hear relationally, that you'll ever hear, um, it, it, that nobody, I mean, Tony Robbins and Oprah combined would never be able to give you this type of a relational tip. Listen to this. Do to others as you'd like them to do to you. Yeah, yeah, I've heard that. No, no, are you living that? How would you like people to deal with you when you blow it? When you, blow it, when you make a mistake, what would you like them to do to you? Do that to them. Yeah, but, they're not, they, but, but they meant to do that to me. No, no, you're not the center of the universe. When people do things that hurt other people, it's because they've been hurt as well. And so learning to empathize with another person. So how would I like to be treated when I've, when I've made a mistake? I would like to be forgiven. So I'm to do to others as I'd like them to do to me. How would I like to be treated? Would you like to be treated fairly? Actually, I'd like to be given the benefit of the doubt. Treat others like that. You, uh, you think that I'm, I'm talking simplistically. How, what about how do I treat my spouse? The way you'd like to be treated. It's one of the great relational secrets. How do you get your needs met? Because that's why we get married, for, because we have needs. How do you get your needs met? Here's the secret. Meet, meet theirs. So good, Pastor Lauren. Thank you. Thank you. Um, this takes a lot of work. Um, how would I like to be responded to in an email? Do that. Yeah, but they bold, 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 bold. Is that how you'd like to be spoke, treated? Then don't do it to others. I'm surprised. Uh, when I do Zoom calls with pastors, how grumpy they look. I, t I, took an, I made an anti-crotchety covenant with myself 15 years ago. I'm not going to get old and crotchety. And so here's what I did. I'm looking at all their faces, and so many of them are, life's been pretty mean to you, has it? Well, here's what happens. Here's, what, here's how it starts off, is that we think that we, that, that we shouldn't, that how, we, when, when we've... How am I going to say this? It's something, it's something like, it's something like the face that you get when you're born is the one that God gave you. The face that you have later in life is the one you gave yourself. It, it eventually, what's on the inside eventually begins to show. If you, if you carry a little bit of unforgiveness, just give it a little bit of time. Look in the mirror. Baby, there it is. A little bit of resentment, a little bit of anger. I'm going to carry that with me, and I'll show them. Yeah, you pay. I can't believe it. I look at, honestly, uh, how would you like to be greeted in a grocery store? Would you like someone to open a door for you? Would you like someone to be pleasant? Would you like to be met with a smile? Do the same. 
If I, I honestly, when I heard Pastor Kenny was disappointed with the churches because they're complaining so much, it broke my heart. We should be the most thankful people on the planet. <laughs> Every day now, I send them praying hands. I said, I'm praying for you today. His job is the, the least attractive recently. What's, what's, what, what, what begins by being uh, like a little bit of anger begins to be a life of anger unless it's dealt with because your life and my life is limited to the things we cannot get past. Unless we learn to release and let go, we will not grow. We'll stay stuck in that moment. Amen? Amen. I, I want to be forgiven, not punished. I want people to look for the best in me. I make lists of this. Uh, in your journal, you should write, what kind of person would I like to be? Because it takes work. It won't just happen. You'll get bumps and scrapes and wounds, and pretty soon you're going to want to get upset at other people, and you're going to want to take out your frustrations on them. Do you want people taking out their frustrations on you? Heck no. Well, then don't take them out on other people. Be nice when people cut you off, Jay. It's okay. <laughs> Even if it's a Tesla. And they don't signal. <laughs> Just a little judgment I've got. <clears throat> um, when, you blow, when you blow and you make a mistake, what kind of reaction do you want? You want a kind one. Am I right? We'll do the same. It's, it's, it's a relational intelligence. Jesus said, you won't see me again until you're able to say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Unless you're able to identify and bless the people that he brings to you, you won't be able to see Jesus in them. Unless, un he says, you won't see me again unless you're able to say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Now, that, that person you put in my life, yeah, Unless, you won't be able to see Jesus in him unless you to say, thank you, Lord, for that person you put in my life. What a profound thought. <laughs> Until we can bless others and declare that God has put them in our life, we won't be able to see Jesus in them. Forgiveness is both a decision and a process. When we, and, 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 and forgiveness is when we decide the person that hurt us can no longer hurt us anymore. Because when we don't forgive, we let them continue to hurt us. Uh, can you repeat something after me? Say this, I am free to forgive. This is a choice we get to make. We're free to forgive. That's profound. So powerful. In Matthew chapter 18, um, He's teaching the disciples how to handle divisions and heal hearts and get along. And he confronts the disciples on pride and their hunger for greatness. And he gives them three essential things to deal with this. How are we going to deal with them? You can read this yourself when you get home. Um, he says that you need to be humble, you need to be honest, and you need to forgive. That's how he, this is all what chapter 18 is about and how to deal with um, our brothers. Um, he, he, it's, a, it's an amazing thing because uh, chapter 21 begins by talking about an unforgiving debtor. Then Peter came to him and he said, Lord, this is Matthew chapter 18. He said, Lord, um, how often should I forgive someone who sins against me? Seven times? Okay. Here's Peter the mathematician. He's doing advanced calculus here. 
the, the law would say you need to forgive three times. So he probably thought he's being pretty generous. And Jesus blows his paradigm. Paradigm, however. Uh, how many times? Seven? Jesus said, no, 70 times seven. <clears throat> For this reason, the kingdom of heaven can be compared to a king who decided to bring his accounts up to date with servants who had borrowed money. In the process, one of his debtors was brought in who owed him millions of dollars. He couldn't pay, so the king ordered that he, his wife, his children, and everything he had be sold to pay the debt. I hope we can see ourselves in this parable. That's the hope. But the man fell down before the king begged him and said, Oh, sir, be patient with me and I'll pay it all. Then the king, filled with pity for him, released him and forgave him the debt. But when the man left the king, he went to a fellow servant who owed him a few thousand dollars. He grabbed him by the throat and demanded instant payment. His fellow servants fell down before him and begged him for a little more time. And he said, the same thing as the other guy said, be patient and I will repay it. Servants, just as I had mercy on you. Mercy is not getting what we deserve. Then the angry king sent the man to prison until he paid every penny. That's what the heavenly father will do if you refuse to forgive your brothers and sisters in your heart. Three different positions. The first, he's a debtor. He owes money. Second, he's a creditor. Someone owes his money, him money. And the third position is he's a prisoner. This is what happens when we don't forgive. How did he end up in prison from being a debtor? How did he end up? By his own choice. We, he, the king, so how, how did he end up there? He, by his own choice. How do we end up in relational prisons? By our own choice when we choose not to forgive. Freedom, if it doesn't lead to maturity, eventually leads to greater imprisonment. So he ends up there because of his own decisions. Um, he went straight in to collect hundreds of dollars instead of sharing freedom and the joy of forgiveness. Be patient, I will repay you. What we sow, we reap. This, that's the point. Point number three, and this I'm, gonna, I'm taking basically from the book. Um, what would be some reasons that we wouldn't forgive somebody? Why? Because what, what marked yesterday makes today. The events and the experiences of our past inform us of decisions and emotions of today. Now, Lord, I pray if there's anybody here right now that needs to forgive anybody, anything, that you'd reveal it to them in these next few moments. It's for our health, for our sanity, that we need the habit of forgiveness. I think one of the clear signs of spiritual forgiveness, spirit, sorry, spiritual maturity is forgiveness, learning to forgive. It takes courage, grace, and a, de a decisiveness to forgive. And we stay with the process until our hearts are free. Um, 1 Corinthians chapter 13 says, love doesn't keep any record of wrongs. What happens to those of us who would rather not forgive is we keep big folders full of reasons why we shouldn't forgive. We keep information to hold against that person just in case we need to whip it out at the last moment. Um, I wish that passage of scripture wasn't there actually. Um, it's easy for us to do, keep evidence against people and, and why, we sh why we shouldn't forgive them. I don't, th I don't think that we should forgive and forget because there's learning in a relational experience. I think that what can happen is that there's no more pain in that relationship. And so therefore, it, you're no longer hurting. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32 
says, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. Learning to see ourselves as God sees us. Last point, we could track a thousand negative emotions to this seed called unforgiveness. Um, Jesus would say it's a thing that we should do every day. When he was teaching the disciples how to pray, he said, every day you should do this. Here's what I try and do every night. Okay, so who is it tonight, Lord? Who do I need to forgive tonight so I can sleep and this doesn't keep festering in me? Unforgiveness ends up finding an organ action in your body and, and impacts a specific organ. Because physically, it'll begin to, it'll begin to affect us, unforgiveness. The, the, the quality of our life, our relational life, is limited to the, to the people that we can't forgive. This needs to be a daily practice for us. <clears throat> forgiving ourselves, forgiving God, forgiving others. Forgiveness may not, be, <clears throat> may not be what's in front of us, but what is informing us from our past. So I can't change the experience, but I can choose what I do with that experience. Help us, Lord, as we come down the backstretch. It's our experiences that form our perception, for better or for worse. Your previous experiences that you've had will form the perceptions that you have today. So when I can no longer see you as Christ sees you, I can no longer relate to you as Christ wants to relate to you. This forms a personal prison for us. And the worst prisons are those we impose upon ourselves. Unforgiveness blinds us to the goodness in other people. And if I want to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living, I have to be willing to see them as God sees them. I think forgiveness should be specific, not just who am I forgiving, but what am I forgiving? Sure, the person that hurt you should pay, but now you're paying for it. And when you want vengeance or you want justice, that's double payment back to you. Revenge is paying double because you carry in your heart and it causes you to say and feel things that you wouldn't normally say say and feel. So here's what Lisa's um, counselor asked her to do in forgiving what you can't forget. She said the first thing you need to do is collect all of the dots from your past. Collecting all the experiences that have taken place in your life. And the Holy Spirit will help you do this if you want freedom from a past relationship. He'll help you do this. Uh, Honestly, what can happen, and I've seen this late in life, sometimes we hear that that time heals wounds. Uh, If if you've ever visited a senior's home, you know that's not true. Because people can carry bitterness their entire life. It happened in a moment. That teacher did this to me, uh uh-huh, and they're still doing it to you until you let it go. And so she says, the counselor said, make sure you collect all of the dots, all of the moments. And and this can take months because it's not just a one-time decision. It's a process before you're free. Collect all of the dots. And she suggests in her journal, keep it in a journal. It's not just who did it to you, but what did they do to you? And you write it down. You're not ignoring it. You're writing it down. You're collecting all the dots. And then what you do is you connect all the dots. And you realize, oh, that actually, that issue that happened back there, it's impacting my relationships today because I still see people through that paradigm of what happened back there. It's still, impu- it's still impacting me. After, you, after you've collected all the dots and then you start to connect the dots, 
Then she says, then you need to correct the dots. Now you have to bring a truth in where that lie was forcing its way into your relationship. Now you correct the dots. What kind of person do you want to be? Because it's your choice. It's my choice. What kind of person do you want to be? We, we recall and identify the pain by name. Identify the name. Now, what do you believe about that person based on that experience? Because it can impact how you see that other person. What do you think about that person? What do you think, believe about that person? What do you believe about yourself? What do you think about God because of that instant? Well, he's punishing me. No, that's not who he is. That's not what he does. This is big. Like we have these filing cabinets that are filled with things that happened to us and how we've been wronged. Percep per perceptions and, and resentments. Slowly you go through, you connect the dots, then you correct the dots. What's, what's influencing you? Why is there a resentment? When I think of that person, why is there a deep sigh? When I think of that person, I think of that experience because you keep reliving it. It stays someplace in you. When you and you recall that instant of that thing that happened to you. What, what's the emotion that rises up? Is it still anger? What is it? What still, what comes back? Is it, is it resentment? Is it bitterness? Do you want to live with that? You want, honestly want to keep living with that? When you think of that person, can you smile? Is there peace? And if not, you need to go back and connect the dot. It's joy when good things begin to, you look back and you go, okay, I can, I can recalibrate that specific instance. And then you create a new storyline. How can you see things different? Is God re redeeming something? What good can come if I forgive? Don't let hurt, pain, resentment limit your life. My perception is how I see things. It's not how things are. Your perception is simply how you see things. If you want to change your perception, how you see things. You need to allow the Lord to come back and into that specific relationship. Release that people, release those people, release that experience. And, and sometimes it can probably feel impossible. I know for me, this would consume me. It actually would, and, and I felt like it was starting to eat me. There was something that happened to me uh, over the past couple of years and happened more than once. And I thought, why, how can that person have so much influence in my life? Why, why, how can they take up so much emotional real estate? How is that even possible? Because I'm letting it. I'm not sure who you need to release or forgive right now. I have no idea. I know for me, I've had to learn this again and again and again and again. And as we close, I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to you. Is there anybody you need to release? Because he wants you free from the prison that you've imprisoned yourself in by making a choice that I'm not going to forgive. Then I had, then I had this person decide to make it a public thing about me. Now I go, what, really? And now I can look back at that moment and I go, ah, oh, I feel sorry for that person because they've been hurt. Someplace there's a wound. Someplace there's been an outweigh. Someplace there's been, and they're carrying that forward now, and it's being expressed for me. So I need, I'm going to break that chain. I'm going to bless them. I'm going to forgive them. I'm going to release them. And I'm going to find healing for my soul. Would you just stand with me, please? I want to try to pray this over us. Colossians says, bear with each other and forgive one another. Forgive as the Lord has forgiven you. Father, I know it was for freedom. It was for freedom that you died.
that we can have freedom. Father, this morning, on behalf of each one that's gathered here right now, when I think of the collective disappointments and the, and the relational pain that's in this room, I can just see how you bore that in your body on the cross. Every pain, every relational disappointment, every employer that treated somebody wrong, any spouse that willfully tried to hurt, any random person that just somehow wanted to carry out their vengeance on people that were here. Father, today, forgive us for not having the insight to know that it was, it was for them you died as well. Forgive us for being at the center of our worlds rather than you being at the center of our world. Lord, today, we take these experiences right across this auditorium and we ask for you to reframe them, Lord, and allow us the grace to forgive just as you forgave us. Lord, let this Anyone who's in a prison because of what someone said, what someone did, Father, I thank you for the grace of forgiveness today, the beautiful grace of forgiveness that we can release and let people go. We're, not, we're saying that you're the one that can handle them, not us. And we sever and cut off the relational connection that's kept us, kept that's allowed them to keep hurting us and that disappointment now to translate into us seeing those disappointments in other people and not trusting other people. Father, I ask for forgiveness on behalf of everybody that's here because I know that's what you would do. You'd say, forgive them. They didn't know what they were doing. They didn't know it. I mean, and for those who knew what they were doing and still caused hurt, Lord, let that be healed today. No more carried in our hearts, in our in our. Uh, our bank of uh, memory, but allow us to see people as you see them. Father, I choose to forgive and I choose to bless today. And I thank you, Lord, we're a people that, that crave freedom. So we choose to forgive in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Uh, it's a little bit of a delicate topic. But, but we, need to, we, need to, we need to talk about this. Thanks for uh, listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe to our podcast and check out our C3 Calgary live stream on YouTube. If this message resonated with you and you'd like to give to our church, you can do so on our website at myc3church.ca. See you next week. <laughs>